Hello, I am Pastor Jennifer from Bryan Community Church located here in Bryan, Texas. We are a new church plant um, located by the United Methodist Church here in the great state of Texas. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time um, being introduced to the church, I encourage you to visit us online. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, as well as visiting our website, bryancommunitychurch.org. Uh, we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to send us an email at info at bryancommunitychurch.org. Um, so what I like to do is record my sermons after I give them. Uh, it's been a couple weeks at only because I had some kind of crazy life event. I got married and so I took a week off and celebrated with my husband. Uh, so now I am Reverend Jennifer Hodson and I'm excited to, to share that with you. Um, so we're in the middle of Lent. It's hard to believe this this coming Sunday, we are going to be celebrating Palm Sunday and then Easter is just two weeks away. And I've been doing this series entitled Voices of Lent. And so basically um, we have met the characters and they're not even um, made up characters. These are characters uh, or people in which Jesus encountered on his ministry. And we've been talking about some of those persons over the last few weeks and through this series. And so this week, um, in my scripture passage, I chose John chapter 18, verses 12 uh, through 27. I'm going to read that to you here in a moment. But we looked at two characters, one a servant girl uh, who actually had the opportunity to see and speak to Jesus just briefly, and uh, as well as Peter, and I'm going to concentrate him on um, mostly during the message today. And so what I thought I would do is just first read to you from John chapter 18. I encourage you to, to follow along with me. Um, and then I will dive into uh, the, the word a little more um, as we go. So again, um, this is from John chapter 18. Let me read it to you. Um, so the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. I should say that this takes place after Jesus' arrest. Um, first, they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl, who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of these man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? And Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, 
You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. So just briefly, we are introduced to a servant girl, and we know very little about her, but wouldn't it have been interesting uh, to have been her, a fly on the wall of sorts, you know, because she really didn't have a voice um, at that time, but to, to oversee what was taking place. Um, but, but we'll just kind of set her to the side, because instead I want to talk to you about Peter and his reaction when he was confronted about who he was. Um, was he a father, follower of Jesus or not? Uh, but before we get to him, I just want to share just a, a little tidbit. So Ryan and I, for a mini moon, if you will, we went to Fredericksburg, Texas. And if you haven't been, it's a really cute little town um, that if, if you're in the area, I encourage you to check it out. Um, but we went to the Pacific War Museum that's located there. And uh, I have to confess, I am not uh, a war buff, especially World War II. And honestly, uh, beyond Pearl Harbor, uh, I knew very a little about the Pacific World War. So, so we went in and, um, you know, it was just a beautiful display of what took place. Uh, they had so many um, pictures and illustrations, you know, all kinds of um, just information about the Pacific War. And so as we went through, um, you know, I remember leaning over to Ryan and just saying, wow, this is, this is really depressing. And of course it would be. I mean, yeah, I mean, just war is evil. And, um, you know, the, the leaders of Japan at the time, I mean, they were just, I just can't say anything positive about them. I mean, they allowed power to just, and pride to, to fill them to do horrific, horrific things. And so um, naturally going through this museum and, and learning about the different battles, um, it, was, it was incredibly depressing, as one would expect um, to go into any museum about war would, would find. Excuse me, um, I'm also fighting a cold. Um, and so we went in and um, there was one, there was just one, um, uh, I don't display and uh, and video that really caught my attention and I was like okay this is good this is good actually I they had a video and, and I played it twice so that I could um, reiterate what I was seeing and, and make sure that it was it was sticking in, in my in my head and it was about Doolittle's raid now I don't know if you're familiar with this raid or not I wasn't of course um, I, I shamefully admit that I did not know a lot about the war. But anyways, um, in April of 1942, so Pearl Harbor happened December 7th of 1941, just a few months later in April, you know, the, the United States, uh, we were depressed. We, we were not doing well in the war. Um, there was very little hope. Um, but uh, under the leadership of Colonel James Doolittle, um, he took off out in the Pacific Ocean and um, him along with the other leaders, um, they had a plan and they were going to attack Tokyo, Japan. Now, how they did this is they, um, on uh, the Hornet, the USS Hornet, 
they had taken 16 B-25 bombers, and I, I, I made my little notes to make sure that I get this right. Um, 16 B-25 bombers um, they placed on this ship. Um, they would have never have thought to, to use these um, planes in the middle of the ocean um, because they were not uh, created for um, the, the ship. However, uh, because of their size, because they were able to, to load them down with bombs, they put these 16 aircraft um, and they were going to take off and go bomb Japan. And they were going to get uh, their fuel supplies, they were going to get their factories, and they were essentially going to just catch them off guard. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, that's exactly what they did um, to us in Hawaii. So anyways, um, you know, they were going to launch this sneak attack, go in, um, drop their bombs, continue on, and they were going to find safety over in China. And this was going to be a sneak attack. Unfortunately, however, Japanese, a small Japanese ship out in the ocean, they got word of, um, of these U.S. ships. Um, and so Doolittle had to make the decision to go earlier as opposed to wait until they got closer enough to Japan to drop the bombs and the, to continue on to safety. And um, why this was so critical is because had they not left, Japan would have come after them and the raid, I mean, it, it just wouldn't have worked. It would have been a surprise attack if they could attack at all. Um, so Doolittle was in a, in a bit of a bind because they either leave now, but if they left now, um, they would go drop the bombs and then they would have to, to land in enemy territory because they were so far away um, from Japan that they would run out of fuel. So they were in a difficult situation. They didn't know what to do. But Doolittle, um, he knew that in this moment of time in the war, that this was incredibly critical um, to the United States making an advancement on Japan. And he said, you know what, we're gonna do it. And under his leadership, and he was the first one to take off um, in his plane and and he took off and let me tell you they surprised attacked Japan they dropped thousands and thousands of pounds of bombs um, over critical areas of Japan um, but they ran out of fuel and they had to, to land again in enemy territory on Japan soil um, you know they were many of them captured three of them lost their life why am I telling you this? There's a reason. Because sometimes in life and under leadership, and I'm not highlighting uh, war in a positive way whatsoever, I'm just highlighting um, Doolittle and his leadership. Um, sometimes in life, we have to make decisions that are incredibly difficult and they're uncomfortable and sometimes, uh, at least in this case, dangerous. Uh, for the greater good, for the mission. Doolittle understood that the United States, we needed to make advancement. We were not doing well in the war. And so he said, you know what? Like, I know that this isn't gonna go quite as planned. I know that it's gonna be difficult. And I also don't know what the outcome is, but I know my mission. And my mission is to, to, to hack Japan and um, cut off some of their supplies because, because we need this, the, the world needs this. So he went and he did it. Uh, in spite of having to, to, to land in enemy territory. And so, so I want us to think about that story uh, and think about his leadership as we think about our faith. 
Um, particularly as we think about our faith here in the scripture verse when we compare um, Peter to Jesus. You see, because Jesus had just been captured and he knew that he would have to give his life um, for the greater good. He knew that he would have to, to sacrifice himself so that the world's sins would be taken upon the cross and the world would live. Anybody who places their trust in Christ will live. Jesus washes away our sins. He takes um, our ugly and our bad and our sinfulness and he takes that with him on the cross so that anyone who believes in him uh, will have eternal life. I mean, that's who Jesus is. That is the gospel. That is the good news. If this is your first time hearing about the gospel of Jesus, because God is love and he would send his son to, to lovingly sacrifice himself, to be the leader, to make the difficult decision, to put himself not only in an uncomfortable position, but in a position um, that would lead to his death because he understood his mission. His mission was to create a way for all people to have life. And so I just lift him up as the epitome of, of leadership. Um, but then also here we compare him with Peter because in this case, Peter too, his mission was the same, was to follow Jesus. I mean, he had told Jesus that he would follow him and that he would, um, you know, go to the ends of the earth with him basically. Um, however, in this case, Peter doesn't. Instead, he denies Jesus, and he denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. And so, you know, as, as we think about that, um, I want us to think about our own life and our own faith, and um, are we willing to put ourselves uh, in a position that might even be uncomfortable in order to live out the, the greater good, the greater mission, which we've been called to, to follow Christ, to pick up our cross and to follow him, to go into all the world, um, making disciples and sharing our faith and loving God and loving our neighbor. And that's our mission. I mean, that's who we are and that's who we were created to be if we are gonna call ourselves Christians and followers of Jesus. You know, and, and so here we have an opportunity to look ourselves um, in the mirror and say, are we gonna be a, a Jesus or are we gonna be a Peter, at least Peter in, in this particular period of time in, in this gospel, Peter denied Christ. Now, Peter would go on and be an incredible leader um, into the Christian faith and actually crucify, be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy of having the death of Christ. So Peter was a good guy, uh, but just in this instance, uh, he made the decision to deny Christ. And so in our own life, I wonder what opportunities present themselves. You know, do we get to, to say, hey, this is who we are, and we are outspoken, and we say, you know, this is who I am, and this is what I believe, and this is where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, and what I'm not going to do, because that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't hide. He didn't pretend um, to be something that he wasn't. Uh, in fact, he said, go ask other people. They'll attest to who I am and what I've said and where I've been and what I've done. Or are we going to be the that Peter of this moment in this time, in this passage that, that we say, no, I'm not a follower. And sometimes we, we don't even have to use our words um, to say that to others. Sometimes we just have to keep our mouth shut and not say anything at all uh, to deny Christ. And so that's something I really want us to wrestle with um, as leaders of the faith, as followers of Jesus, when the opportunity presents itself, will we speak up and, and say, yeah, I follow Christ? Or will we 
deny him and, and I hope and pray that, that you will stand up and that you will be that creator leader because you know your mission. You know that there are lives, quite literally, there are lives at stake with the gospel uh, message of Jesus that, that we hold in our hands and that we hold in our hearts. Um, you never know the impact that we can have on somebody's eternal life um, if we just simply reach out and extend the invitation to, to share our story, um, a relationship about Jesus, um, so that we can sit and talk to somebody who's maybe going through a difficult time. Um, Lord knows that um, we need to be more open and vulnerable so that others can be open and vulnerable and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Um, maybe it's depression, maybe it's an addiction, uh, maybe it's just a, an opportunity that, um, that somebody is being presented with um, that has two paths, one that can lead to a, a path of life and goodness or another that has consequences and so I think it's really important that we have the conversation now in the safety of our own homes and the safety um, you know of, of people who are around us to love us and to support us to wrestle with these opportunities that might present themselves that will present themselves um, and then prepare ourselves to be that leader in our faith in our families uh, to not deny Christ, but to, to own him and to love him and to invite others to do that as well. And so this Lenten season, especially with Easter right around the corner, um, I pray that, that you would um, take time to really consider, you know, who you are and who you're being called to be. Um, you know, what's the trajectory of your life? And at what moment are you going to have to make the, the tough decision to say, you know what? This isn't going to be easy and it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to walk across the room and I'm going to talk to somebody that I don't know and I'm going to invite them to know Jesus or I'm going to take this opportunity to stand up for who I am and who my faith is and who my church is and I'm going to say, you know what, we love Jesus and we love people and we're just going to unapologetically love and care for others as Jesus has unapologetically loved and cared for us. And I don't care what she's going to say about me. And I don't care what he's going to say. I don't care what they're going to say or speak or talk or even write, right? Because now everybody posts things on social media. I don't care what they're going to say because I know in my heart that I follow Jesus and that Jesus calls me to love, to love God, to love people and to share hope with the world. So I pray that, um, you take this message today and you wrestle with it and join us again and visit us at briancommunitychurch.org on social media um, until we gather again. Thank you.